Okay, so hello everyone. This is the first uh, installment of the Theory Center podcast from Bielefeld. This is Zoltan Boldrashimon and uh, Lars Steiner. And, and our first guest is Ethan Kleinberg. <laughs> so hello, Ethan. Hi, Zoltan. Hi, Lars. <laughs> so we are going to have five questions to you. And then, uh, yeah, we will just start it right away, Lars. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, can you briefly explain what um, you are doing professionally um, as if you were explaining it to children? Ah, as if I was explaining to children. Yeah. Well, w what I do, I think, professionally is uh, try to work through very difficult problems almost as though I was uh, an acrobat of thought. So... Uh, in doing this, I'm trying to make things clear and accessible, but I'm often doing it in ways that, like an acrobat, appear to be quite difficult moves that a normal person or scholar wouldn't necessarily make. If I do it right, uh, it's, it's elegant and exciting, like an acrobat, but if I do it wrong, I fall on my face. Okay, great. Okay, so we know, and then other people yet do not know, that you are working on history, theory of history. So now, after the fun question, we have a serious question as well. How did you get to the field? How did you get to historical theory? Yeah, that, so I started in philosophy, actually, when I was an undergraduate, um, and I took an intro to philosophy class with uh, Feyerabend at uh, UC Berkeley, and that sort of changed my mind about a lot of things. And then I worked with uh, Hubert Dreyfus, first on Heidegger and then on uh, Foucault, uh, Kierkegaard, and these became really important to me, but I realized as I went along that the questions I wanted to ask were historical questions uh, and not the the questions bound by philosophy in the American system. So I then wrote my undergraduate thesis with Martin Jay. And then following from there, I went to UCLA, and at UCLA, well, I was part of a cohort where we'd meet in the library regularly to read history and theory. And so this became an important part uh, of my formation and my interests. And then you know, even in the first book that I wrote, many of the uh, figures uh, I investigated in the reception uh, of Heidegger in France were ones for whom history was a problem. So it became an object of investigation, but also a, a moment of, of rethinking the problem itself. So it was sort of a a, a dream in the end to end up at Wesleyan in, in mm. proximity to history and theory. And now you're one of the most prominent uh, people in the field. And uh, how would you convince, let's say, Richard Evans about the importance <laughs> of theory in history? Well, that's a, a that's a it's a good and difficult question. Well, for for one uh, one aspect is I I would say that you know whether or not you want to use uh, theory explicitly in your work. In terms of training, uh, I don't see how it could be harmful in any way to ask historians to think about the past and what they do in a more sophisticated or difficult way. Um, I mean, it may be the case in physics departments, you have a separation between uh, applied and, and theoretical physics, but everyone gets training in both so that they're, they're adequately informed to do what they want to do. Um, uh, but, but beyond that, uh, I think that having an ability to, to, to grasp and articulate the suppositions by which you do your history uh, is one way to keep you from, from starting to reify or naturalize the discipline itself in a way that closes you off 
from from newer possibilities, or even being more attuned uh, to the past in ways that I, I think surely would make you a better historian. Yeah. Okay. Next question. After you successfully uh, convinced Richard Evans about the importance <laughs> of theory of history, what would you tell him about where do you think the whole field, historical theory, or just generally speaking, theoretical work on history is uh, heading? Is heading. Well, in the uh, near future. Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, I, I would hope that that it would be heading into the um, uh, pedagogy of most advanced history departments. Mm-hmm. So that would be the if I did convince him, I think that maybe I might be able to make that case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think that then uh, would I mean for theory itself, the the places that it's going actually is this uh, first of all this expansion uh, globally. Uh, in being able to understand different logics of history, uh, of being able to understand the way that things that conventionally we have thought of outside of a, a we'll call it a Western or European construct of history, that sort of don't count or have to have caveats, actually can contest uh, some of the logics that have been applied and allow us to think differently and newly. So that sort of uh, possibility for for understanding you know what you might call regional ontologies or different understandings different places uh, is one area but then the other is toward these questions of time and, and temporality um, which um, increasingly <clears throat> I see uh, explored by theorists of history philosophers of, of history uh, but is something that actually is really not um, explicitly thought by historians in most cases even if they do a, a history of time, it's sort of uh, evidence of the way people talk about time at different moments without um, an awareness of the way that they are applying a temporal scaffold themselves. And so I think that's another place that it's going. And then this uh, opens up other other fields too, involving perhaps image. Mm. And I think um, the theory of history uh, is moving toward questions of image in relation to representation, because I think the forms of writing history are changing. And I think in one way they're changing is to include uh, aspects of the visual, but maybe even the the oral, the audio as well. So the, these are places that I think are exciting. I think exciting work's being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So, yes, uh, our fifth and last question is actually a set of questions. Okay. A bunch of questions. And then um, these are either or questions. And then you are expected to have an answer. You know, like so, an instantaneous yeah, answer in, in, without uh, much thinking, and then you can reflect on it afterwards. You in, in American game shows, this is called the lightning round. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's where we took it up from. So, Star Wars or Ben Hur? Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. okay. Then, Napoleon or Copernicus? Copernicus. Mm. Derrida or White? Oh... We knew that. That's why we're asking. Yikes. Derrida. Okay. Okay, in case it's Derrida, then Derrida or Foucault? Derrida. Shall we go on with that, though? We ask just past or future? Future. Mm. Okay, and the last one, very easy. History or theory? Theory. <laughs> Which tips my hand. <laughs> okay. Okay, so thank you very much, Ethan. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Lars. Thank you all. And thank you, Zoltan. <laughs> <laughs>